Welcome back to Three Black Docs with Dr. Tiffany, Dr. Karen, and Dr. Zanetta. Well, I'm, I'm glad to see you. That's great. Yeah. I'm glad to see you. And then there were two. Dun, dun, dun. Hey, we're still Three Black Docs. We just have somebody missing today. I actually almost um, put together like a little poster, like one of those, like, floating heads and we could stick up Zanetta every time, you know, <laughs> just have her come. I think that would be hysterical. I think I might still do that, actually. <laughs> we actually should. I think we should. Um, but for the folks listening, I actually talked to Dr. Z a little bit before this, and she said to tell everybody what's up and hey. <laughs> and she looks forward to coming back. Yeah. You know, us. true. You know, we started this thing during the pandemic when we all had loads of, I wouldn't say free time, but it was, the time was different, right? Um, you know, yeah. we were doing a lot more from home and now I'm even struggling with trying to figure out how do I, okay, wait, I have an in-person meeting followed by a virtual meeting. Now how am I going to get to one from one place to the next? And so I'm carrying now like a um, virtual Wi-Fi so I can take meetings in my car. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've been doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no, because, you know, I'm spending life on the Houston interstate, so. Well, that's So there's that, you know. But, you know, I think this is actually a really good point because, as people say, life is lifing. And we, with everything, you just kind of have to decide what's important enough to stay. Yeah, And what can go, you know, and we thought all three of us thought that this was important enough to stay. Right. And we needed to find a way to make it work by right. hook or by crook. Right. So we making it work. But I think that's what everybody is going through, you know, on different levels. And I think it's so important just to, you know, I call them my own come to Jesus meetings, call them what you want of like. How do I want to spend my time and make sure that the things that you really want to spend your time on that really align with you, um, you have time for and other stuff can go. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's the same advice we give to people looking for um, fulfillment in careers too, right? So, um, do it. <laughs> yeah, isn't that something? Like, hmm. I mean, well, right. I mean, all three of us have made, you know, transitions over the past yeah. years. And part of that calculus is, is this meeting my needs, right? Is this something that I want to invest more time in? And, you know, in back in the day, that sort of self um, exploration was almost in some ways considered a weakness, right? Because there's always strength in staying at a company for 10, 15, 20 years. But really, mm -hmm. you know, the companies are no longer loyal. Uh, and so that has gone out the window. Hmm. Yes, ma'am. Right. I could quote. I could start singing a rap song, but that wouldn't be appropriate. So you know, I have a, I have a lyric for every situation. Yeah, yeah, apparently you do. What in the world? <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny since I'm only now just learning how to play the piano. But anyway, I do have a lyric for every situation, and um, you're absolutely right. Continue. I didn't mean to derail you. <laughs> If there's no derailment, this is a combo. And I think um, I'm grateful that we have a good enough friendship 
for the three of us where we can allow each other the space needed so that when if and when one of us says you know what i need to back up for a minute we can do that and uh it's it's hard and it's so much harder for you and z i mean i appreciate you so much because you have little kids i don't i got i got a grown child who does not live with me so yeah and and as you know and i've and i might have talked about it here before or maybe i will in the future you know i also have one kid on the spectrum which has been a whole <laughs> that's like another job another journey you know um and we can probably talk more about that at some point in the future too but all that to say once again um having kids you know uh all the stuff that comes with having kids all the stuff that comes with everything in life you know you lost your husband you know we're in all of those big life events you always have to take stock again and just say okay what's important it's like i don't know if this story is made up or not but have you ever seen the story of like the college professor with the like jar or something and the gist is if you start with small rocks or something, then the big ones, there's not space for. So then you start with the big ones and then, you know, you put the small ones in and all of that. And, it, and it's true. You know, you just have to check in with what is most important and make sure that stuff is there, yeah. um, you know, and thankfully we all consider this to be important enough <laughs> To keep coming back and sticking it out and going back to the drawing board and saying, you know, all right, we're going to do this and we're going to do that because um, the information is critical, is critical. And I think we're just at a time um, in our history where we're understanding more about the stuff that we see in medicine and why it is that way, you mm -hmm. know in terms of outcome and differences and disparities and really paying attention to what's at play and how to start to attack those things. So, yeah. Yeah. So, well, you know, you were the one who pointed out to me that this month, September is sickle cell awareness month. So yeah. Talk about a disease that has truly revolutionized how we think about disease expertise is one of the first ones where we understood the molecular basis of disease, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want to talk a little bit about that, but you know, I also want to talk about the fact that we are still struggling for people to understand some of the issues related to um, race, ethnicity, and and how that impacts healthcare and even the science and the research. You know, the fact that we still don't have a cure yet, a routine cure for sickle cell is probably predicated on the fact that 90% of the folks who have sickle cell in the United States happen to be Black. Yeah. And you know what? It's interesting because just as, just as we were talking about how there seems to be a lot more attention now at this point in our history on disparities, in the last week, one of my favorite talk shows on Sirius XM, um, they did a spot on sickle cell where they had um, professors from Howard to come and talk. Um, that's the Karen Hunter show, by the way. Shameless 
but um no but it was and i think i, I was kind of taken aback because i always listen i always have her show you know in the background when i'm not like on meetings or whatever and um and i and it kind of stopped me in my tracks because i was like i don't think i've ever heard such a robust discussion mm. of sickle cell anemia you know like on a talk show really mm. Um, so there was that. And then on Instagram this week, like on my feed, there was uh, like a couple things, you know, about awareness. So again, I think we're getting to the point of really, you know, paying attention to what's going on. And to your point, the doctor that they had from on from Howard said the same thing. Uh, he was pretty much outraged, um, by the lack of funding and, progress as it were uh for the same reasons of like you know is who is effect who's affected most yeah um and how that kind of drives things so can you give us a basic the basics on what we're talking about and and what the issues are or we can both yeah we can team on this but let me just talk about them you're not said I was going to talk prostate cancer, but I have to talk about prostate cancer because cancer just you to talk about prostate cancer right before we hit record. No, Go I ahead. Don't want to talk about it, but I, <laughs> I want to talk about it in the, in the setting of lack of um, emphasis on diseases that tend to be mostly impacting communities of color, black individuals. And the, and the reason why I'm saying that is because it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Some major organizations that all of a sudden are like, oh, prostate cancer, we need to we need to focus on that. There's been an upswing. I'm like, I'm sorry, but black men have been dying of prostate cancer for a very long time. And there was there was no emphasis. So it's really important when these things happen. These are structural barriers when it comes to research, et cetera. And I do want to make sure that as people are thinking about how do we then address these issues? How can we self-correct? How do we autocorrect? It's important to recognize and to acknowledge the fact that, wow, you know what? Sickle cell, for instance, is a disease that was first, we understood what the mechanism was back in the 1950s, mm-hmm. that there was a genetic mutation. And when mm-hmm. you look at how many treatments there have been, there's really not been that many treatments over the over this several decades that we've known about um, mm-hmm. the cause of sickle cell. So I just wanted to say that. But let me start by talking about what sickle cell is. Um, Most people understand that in their blood system, that there are many different types of cells that circulate to and perform different functions. One of those cells is the red blood cell um, that actually carries a molecule that's called hemoglobin. And hemoglobin is what makes your blood have the ability to carry oxygen. One of the important things about our bodies is that we're kind of self-sufficient in that we can breathe oxygen into our lungs and we have these little cells that are carriers and take oxygen anywhere. Oxygen is important because it feeds every single tissue. It's an important component of, of the metabolism and how each tissue works. And so these red blood cells are really, really important. Usually they're round, they're kind of shaped like a little disc, if you will. But what happens is people who have sickle cell anemia, and I believe there's about four types now, right, Tiff, or are there more? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Actually kind of are probably the most common. But what happens is the protein hemoglobin has a genetic abnormality that actually causes the hemoglobin to essentially clump together, if you will. 
this process that's called polymerization. And when it clumps, it actually dishapes or miscauses the those red, the round red blood cells to become misshapen, almost like shaped like a banana. And that's what mm -hmm. used to sickle back in the mm -hmm. times, right? The sickle. <laughs> um, back in the day. <laughs> back in the day. Um, but they're shaped like a banana. And that actually, that banana shape is what causes many of the signs and symptoms of, of sickle cell. So why don't you yeah. talk about some of the signs and symptoms of sickle cell? Yeah. So as you said, it it results in a misshapen red blood cell. Now, here was the fascinating part for me when I was learning about it, is that actually <clears throat> it's protective um, against malaria. And so this is like a straight up medical anthropology, you know, um, case study, right? So we talked about the fact that this is most commonly found uh, in African-American people because it's most commonly found in Africa because this actually evolved as a way for the red blood cell to protect itself in areas where malaria is endemic, meaning um, where it is, um, um, what common, thank you. I was like, what does endemic mean? Common. So, <laughs> so, so fascinating, right? This is part of the reason I love medicine so much to kind of understand how the body can respond mm -hmm. and actually protect you. So this is a protective mechanism um, for people who live in those areas and now, um, we're here in a not malaria endemic part of the world. Um, so what happens is that because the shape is like a sickle, as you described, um, it does get caught in the blood vessels and causes a uh, pain crisis. So for one thing, the other thing it can cause is uh, problems with joints, problems with kidneys, you know, anything related to blood vessels, strokes, for mm -hmm. example, heart attack, anything like that. So um, the the people who have sickle cell anemia fully on usually don't live out their full life expectancy, unfortunately, because of complications um, related to sickle cell. And the interesting thing is that um, there are some folks who have sickle cell trait because of the way that we, that the uh, gene is inherited, mm -hmm. um, you could be a carrier without having full-blown sickle cell anemia. And yeah. then if you have a child with someone who also has the trait, then you might have a child that has full-blown sickle cell anemia. So it's, um, you know, important to understand, once again, we talk about this all the time, what's in your family, you know, <laughs> um, we have all of these things to talk about because, you know, this is a way that you might, you know, you might have a trait and then um, have a child, have a baby with someone that has a trait and then you have a baby um, with sickle cell disease. So I um, took care of a lot of patients um, in sickle cell crisis. And this is, you know, there were studies that came out. I don't know how long ago, Karen, it was. You probably know better than I do about pain perceptions, how resident physicians had different um, had different uh, reactions to pain perceptions based on the race mm -hmm. of the patients and basically thinking that, you know, Black patients were not in as much pain as they sort of claimed to be. And when I read it, I was 
I, I was actually speechless because the first thing I thought about was like what sickle cell patients go through. Yes. Um, and it is, it is really, really hard, you know, to watch patients come in, you know, with, in a pain crisis mm -hmm. um, and seeing how much pain medicine it actually takes. Of course, you have to figure out why they're in crisis, dehydration, infection, et cetera, treat the underlying cause, also treat the pain. Um, and it takes a lot usually to get the pain under control. And so the thought of like underdosing or not believing that people are in as much pain as they are saying is like yes. mind boggling. So, so yes, I do know the literature because in fact, when I was um, up in Boston, we were doing studies around perioperative pain management and mm -hmm. looking at the fact that blacks oftentimes, even postoperatively, are not given the same sort of, or perioperatively are not given the same pain regimens because of whatever the perception is that they have a higher pain tolerance, which, you know, again, it speaks to, you know, the history of medicine that we do need to acknowledge that there are some things that just are wrong and that we need to yeah. acknowledge that and move forward. Um, but my sickle cell, when I was in medical school, when I was at Duke, um, we actually had a sickle cell clinic. And so, when when we were first years, we got assigned to a continuity clinic, and mine was sickle cell. And mm. to work with the Wendell Ross, um, some folks may know him, but he was very well known in this area and provided care for lots of individuals from pediatrics all the way through adulthood um, who had uh, sickle cell. And so similarly, I was um, witness to many of the pain crises, et cetera. And this was around the time when um, hydroxyurea was mm -hmm. utilized it was in the 90s. Um, it still is, obviously. But um, and so my very first <laughs> my very first foray into doing a, um, a outcome study was actually working with one of the um, faculty at Duke and looking at hydroxyurea use. Um, yeah. So, but did I know what I was doing? No, it was a simple chart review, but I could, I was used to pipetting and being in the lab. So I didn't know what I was doing. So I never got that paper published, but that's my crazy sickle cell story. Okay. Um, but, but I tell you like, um, so the, uh, Wendell Ross is obviously he's um, no longer, I don't know if he passed, but um, Dr. Castro is there at Duke now and is absolutely a phenomenal caregiver and there are specialty centers around the country um there's a great one mm -hmm. actually Winton, indiana have a great cell center um because this is a genetic abnormality yeah. folks and this is what's important to know there is testing available so children are getting tested now that wasn't you know uniform again we learned in the 50s what the cause was but i don't think it was until the 90s when we actually started testing babies and children and the reason is to to not necessarily um you know in a bad way it's just to, to, so the parents will know yeah to know absolutely yeah and we can treat them sooner because mm -hmm. to your point back in the day sicklers didn't live very long right folks right. who had cell anemia they died either from stroke or other things but once you know that a person has sickle cell you can manage them much more proactively and look for signs and symptoms anemia is another one right mm -hmm. patients with sickle cell anemia will oftentimes have low blood counts and have tremendous amounts of fatigue so can you imagine being a yeah. child 
who has sickle cell anemia and going through pain crises and or not being able to feeling really tired or even having trouble breathing. These are all things that can be proactively managed with treatment, yeah. um, including hydroxyurea, but there are other treatments. I think the first treatment was like blood transfusion or something. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, exchange. And you can do um, exchange transfusions to blood transfusions where you're essentially uh, giving whole blood that's not sickled um, uh, to someone, yeah, to try to, um, you know, help them along, if you will. So there's exchange transfusions, there's blood transfusions. Um, There have been small studies now with even um, like gene therapies, Mm -hmm. which is fascinating. Um, And so actually uh, being able to try to change the genetic coding Right. Um, so that instead of making the sickle cells, the sickled cells, um, that you would make a normal um, shaped cell. And so, you know, those are smaller studies that are here now. But again, we're talking about um, where where the forefront of medicine is now. Right. And how long did it has it taken to mm-hmm. even start to um, try to address the root cause, which in this case is genetic as you're. And it's a single mutation, right? Yeah. Single mutation, right? It's not like cancers that can have multiple yeah. mutations or things that are broken along the entire strand of DNA, right? And remember, DNA is what codes for our our bodies. That's what makes us who we are. It's that that um, the the message that's inside each cell, right? And if the DNA is coded in such a way where you have this one single error. Is there a way to cut it out? And so that's right. what gene therapy is looking at. And yeah. had one or two successful cases. I know there has probably been more success with bone marrow transplantation, yeah. um, which is another treatment option for folks. Um, but that also can be complicated because you have to have you know a match. And you know, particularly for Black folks, we know that um, we really tend to have fewer matches in mm-hmm. the repository for bone marrow transplantation. Um, so it can be a little bit harder, but that is also another way that potentially people can get somebody else's cells that are not sickled mm-hmm. and their cells can get implanted into their bone marrow and then help to prevent some of the issues um, that folks with, with sickle cell have. Now, remember, people with sickle cell do still make normal red blood cells. Yeah. They mm-hmm. also have cells. And the, like you said, those things are really sticky and they get stuck in the blood vessel, like the the round blood cells are much more kind of malleable and not as firm, um, and they can squeeze through small capillaries. So all of the organs, like you mentioned, renal failures and huge issues of kidneys, um, strokes is a major issue, but just even the the pain that's caused when you have those, and it's called venal occlusion. So your veins are getting occluded and it's very much like a heart attack, right? People think, mm-hmm. think about a heart attack, that's painful for lots of folks because those blood vessels are, are shutting off. And so your nerves get damaged from that. Um, and it really can be a life of extraordinary pain. So I'm glad that there are some treatments out there. Do you want to talk a little bit about some of the treatments? Because you're probably more familiar with the drugs than I am. No, I think we, we I think we've covered them. <laughs> um, you know, the big thing um, in, you know, we, we started off talking about like an acute pain crisis on the inpatient side of things. Um, and that is about understanding why a patient went into crisis and um, correcting that and then making sure pain is controlled. And then, you know, as you mentioned, um, 
outside of a pain crisis, um, hydroxyurea, you know, exchanges, um, and then transplant or some of the newer, um, you know, clinical trials that are coming. Yeah, once again, and I think we say this all the time, it's the importance of um, knowing that you should ask about a clinical trial, especially if you have a child. Mm. Um, who could have sickle cell, if you know that you have sickle cell trait in your family, you know, asking about that uh, early for children um, and again, advocating, you know, I, back to the call-in show I was listening to, there was, you know, a young lady who called in who's, I think, cousin had sickle cell and she just talked again about like how much, um, she had kind of acted as his patient advocate when he would go into the hospital mm -hmm. um, and how difficult it is and how much they really did have to advocate um, for him. So, yeah. yeah. Um, to your point, understanding what the triggers are really important. So, you know, for folks who might have trait, right? So if you're a parent yeah. or you're expecting to be a parent and you have trait, doesn't mean not to have children. It's just to know that if your your significant other person you're going to have children with also has trait, you have a 25% chance that that child will have sickle cell anemia, right? That's just the way genetics work. And so it's important to make sure that if if you know you have trait, you get that child tested when they're when they're a baby, so that you can know, you know, all right, what are the what is the medical management for this and how do we make sure we're doing everything we can to make sure that child has the best life it can have. Um, mm -hmm. Because folks are living well into their 40s now with sickle cell anemia, right? Yes. But it's really important. Dehydration, like you said, is a major trigger. That's major. What the heck? And it's so hard, especially being here in Texas mm. uh, and in the Gulf South. I mean, major trigger. So it is so important to be very so careful in this heat um you know i don't want to tell people to stay inside for four months but but i don't know if you saw my facebook post earlier i'm just so happy that we're not in triple digits oh for the next 10 days that i don't know what to do with myself you know um and but this that, is, that is huge. Thing, right we've had conversations about climate change i mean it's been blistering all over the country it's been even was when we were in greece when ashley and i were in greece it was ridiculously hot there too they had fires <laughs> and fires in greece and it was crazy so um yeah i don't know if you heard one of the helicopters actually went down they were bringing water in with the helicopter and one of them crashed i don't know if it was under a creek i think it was going to creek um so let me um but um yeah, so it's really very interesting. Um, but I think that's one of the major things, asking people to remain hydrated would be really important. Um, the other thing is, um, you know, getting your rest is really important mm -hmm. too, making sure that, you know, you're taking care of yourself. Again, if you're feeling fatigued, some of that can be related to dehydration too. So just making sure you're doing that, but then also making sure that you're doing what you can to get the rest that you need. And then, um, you know, I really do think that, um, you know, having stressful situations, <laughs> we always talk about the role of, of, <clears throat> of increased cortisol. Who knows what what the real deal is going to be with that, but there may be other triggers as well. So it's just important to kind of maintain some level of stress reduction in your life, um, especially when you have to deal with the medical system all the time. And I know yes. I see 
Yes. But I just want to thank you for bringing up the fact that this is Sick Cell Awareness Month. It brings me back to my days at Duke. And um, I think it's one of the areas that I was really thinking about um, as an area to do research in. Um, you know, it affects 100,000 people in the United States. 90% of those affected are, are Black. And you think about that in comparison to something like, um, you know, lung cancer, where there's fewer than 100,000 cases. Um, and you know we're making all these strides and other things we need to do better we need to do better so, so. Mm -hmm. glad we could raise some awareness yes and speaking of stress reduction and awareness mm -hmm. yes guess I know. what september what, also is what is go ahead and tell me what september <laughs> is yoga awareness month Ooh. All right. So, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll definitely talk about that next time. Like okay. what you hear? Make sure you rate and subscribe. Three Black Docs is available wherever you get your podcasts. Three Black Docs is not intended as medical advice. All opinions are our own. Three Black Docs is produced by Winx Productions. Speaking of yoga, as we will speak next time, are you practicing? What have you been doing to manage all this, Dr. Winkfield? I think I, I can't hear you. Just, just, wait, wait. I, it's, it's funny how the connection gets bad, right? I can't see you. I can't hear. I will not forget. Mm -hmm. Next time.